The year was 1988. I was a bro of around 13 years old. All my friends had the latest toy, the toy that everybody wanted, and the toy that everybody had except me. Laser tag. If you're a bro who grew up in the 80s, you know what I'm talking about. Awesome black gun that made a laser pistol sound when you pulled the trigger. Your friends wore a sensor, and you all ran around firing each other. It was awesome. Like I said, in my group of friends, I was the only one who didn't have laser tag. And so whenever the games would start, I would have to just kind of sit on the curb and watch everyone else play. Sometimes I was a referee, but uh, there's no fun in that. So this one time, my friends and I, we went to the mall. Our parents dropped us off at the mall. And we were going to be there for a couple of hours. There's this toy store, and toy stores at the mall, at least at that time, they would have the sample toys out near the front. So that you could pass by and, you know, kind of get a feel for what they had in there and play with the toys and all that. Well, this time that we went to the mall, there was a laser tag gun out in the front. And so my friend said, hey, bro, you don't have a laser tag gun. You're the only one. You're missing out on all the fun. Why don't you take that one? They're not even going to miss it. I mean, it's out there, but they don't need it. That's why they have it out there. And, you know, I I knew it was wrong. I'd been in church all my life. I knew it was wrong to steal. And my parents had taught me not to steal in church. And uh, in church, they had taught me not to steal. So I knew it was wrong. And I said, no, 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 forget it, guys. No, no, I don't want to do that. And so we kept walking around. But every time we would pass through that toy store, I would see that gun. And it was like it was calling out my name. And they would just kind of, my friends would just kind of, you know, give me a little elbow or nudge me and say, bro, you can do it. And so I gave in. And they they kind of formed a little, I don't know, a little barricade around me. And they walked behind me and to the side of me. And we walked past the toy store. And I just stuck out my hand and pulled that gun and shoved it into my jacket. And we kept walking. And we left. And I got away with it. I was able to steal it. Now, here's how things turned out. Since that was the, the gun that was out at front, every kid who passed through that store would pick it up play with it, drop it, bang it around. So that gun had already seen a lot of action, even though it had never left the store. So I get back to my neighborhood, and of course I have to keep the gun at my friend's house because how was I going to explain it to my parents? And then the first night came when we were going to play laser tag. At night, it was awesome. And that gun didn't work. I mean, I was pointing right at the sensor, and I could be like three feet away firing and firing, and it wouldn't work. It just, everyone else was able to shoot me. I had the sensor... Everyone could shoot me from far away, but I could never, I mean, never get a shot off because that gun didn't work. Now, I knew it was wrong. I shouldn't have done it. And I'm not, I'm not throwing my friends under the bus. It, it wasn't their decision. I mean, yeah, they influenced me, but I decided to do it. I'm, I'm not going to throw them under the bus. No, it wasn't their fault. I did it. But I will say this. I did let my friends influence me. I... I knew what was right, and I didn't do it. And I knew that what I was about to do was wrong, and I did it anyway. I let my friends influence me. I, I let myself be guided by something that I knew was wrong. And more importantly, I knew it was wrong in God's eyes, and I did it anyway. Now, before you start getting all judgmental, I mean, you're a bro. I know you wouldn't do that to me, but before you start thinking, man, how could he do that? And he's a, he's a pastor. Well, I was a little bro. I wasn't a pastor yet, right? 
But before you start thinking stuff like that, let I, I, I dare say that you've probably done stuff like that too. And this is what I mean. You've let yourself be influenced by others and you've probably done things that you knew were wrong and that you knew were wrong in God's eyes, but you did them anyway, in part because you allowed yourself to be influenced by somebody else. You, you, I know you've done that. We've all done that. Whether as little bros or even now as big bros, where the consequences are a lot more severe and a lot more serious, we, we've done that. That could be a dangerous place to be if you do that all the time. I want to I wanna take us to a story in the Bible, and I'm, I'm like 95% sure you've heard this story about a bro who had to make a decision to do what was right in God's eyes. And things didn't go too well for him when he did, but that was the right thing for him to do. So, all right, bro, let's get started. You're listening to the Christian Bro Code Podcast, a discipleship podcast for men dedicated to adding value to your spiritual growth with your host, Mario Escobedo. What's up, bro? Hey, what's up, bro? Welcome to the Christian Bro Code Podcast, episode number two. This is the men's podcast, discipleship podcast, dedicated to adding value to your spiritual growth. And I am your host, Mario Escobedo. Hey, I want you to join the conversation. I don't want this just to be a one-way thing. I want you to join the conversation. And the way to do that is to join the Christian Bro Code Facebook group. You do that by going to my website, marioescobedo.com, and right there on that page when you get there, there's a button that says, click here to join the conversation. Do that, and you'll be on your way. You'll be started on joining the Christian Bro Code Facebook group. I want to remind you that I am recording in the real world. What does that mean? It means that I don't have a dedicated or professional studio space for recording. I record at home. So from time to time, you're going to hear dogs barking. You're going to hear kids in the background. You're going to hear dishes and pots and pans and all that stuff. That's fine. I'm a real bro just like you. And Christian bros, what do we do? We just power through it. We just we just ignore those distractions and we just do what we have to do. Hey, for today's episode, here's the big idea that's going to guide this conversation. The big idea is this. God promotes you when you do what is right in his eyes. I'm going to repeat that. It's the big idea for this conversation, and it's what's going to guide this conversation. God promotes you when you do what's right in his eyes. And we're going to look at a story, again, you're, you're probably familiar with this story, you've probably heard it growing up, or at some point in your life in church, the story of Joseph. Now, this is a fairly lengthy story, but I'm just going to look at chapter 39, and here's, let me just set it up for you. Joseph was a young bro. And he had 11 older bros. Joseph was his, was his father's favorite. His brothers hated that, and they hated him because he was the favorite. So you might remember the story. They were so jealous of him that they sold him into slavery. And then they went and they told their father that he had been eaten by a wild animal. And so where we pick up on the story here in Genesis 39, Joseph has already been sold into slavery, and this is where we pick up. Let me just read, I'm not going to read the whole story, of course. Let me just read a couple of verses. Uh, verse 1, it says, Joseph had been taken down to Egypt. Potiphar, an Egyptian who was one of Pharaoh's officials, captain of the guard, bought him from the Ishmaelites, those are the guys that his brother sold him to, who had taken him there. And then in verse 2, it says, the Lord was with Joseph so that he prospered. And if you keep reading, you find out that Joseph just got promoted and promoted and promoted all kinds of ways to the point that eventually Potiphar, Joseph's master, 
put Joseph in charge of the entire house. And as a result of that, God blessed the house of Potiphar because, well, because of Joseph. In fact, there's a verse in there in this story that says that Potiphar didn't have to worry about anything except what he ate because Joseph was in charge of everything and God blessed Joseph in everything he was doing. So Potiphar didn't have to worry about anything. Now, in one of those verses, it also says that Joseph had a good physique and was very attractive. In fact, it's in verse seven where it says, Joseph was well-built and handsome. And here, here's where the, the, the twist in the story comes in. Look, look at what happens in verse seven. It says, after a while, his master's wife, that's Potiphar's wife, we never find out her name, Potiphar's wife took notice of Joseph and said, come to bed with me. Now, we're grown bros, we know what she was after, right? She, she wanted his bones. I mean, she, she wasn't saying, let's have a sleepover, oh, let's just kind of lie down and take a nap. No, no, she wanted to sleep with him. She wanted S-E-X, come to bed with me. Now, remember, here's the big idea. God promotes you when you do what's right in his eyes. Look at what Joseph responded to that in verse 8. He refused. And this is what he said. With me in charge, my master doesn't concern himself with anything in this house. Everything he has, he owns, he has entrusted to my care. No one is greater than I am in this house. And then this is what he said. My master has withheld nothing from me except you because you are his wife. And then here, here's kind of the kicker. Here's Here's where I'm taking the big idea from, because look at what Joseph says in the last part of verse 9, Joseph says this, how then could I do such a wicked thing and sin against God? Now, I'm not saying that Joseph didn't respect his master, he definitely did, because he, he says as much in verse 9, but the bigger concern for Joseph wasn't so much what his master was going to think about him, or the disrespect or the disloyalty that this would be against his master. The bigger thing for Joseph was, if I do this, I'm sinning against God. Joseph was basing his actions on what was right in the eyes of God and nothing else. And when you, when you do that, when you base your actions on what's right in the eyes of God, then you're going to do the right thing. You're not going to be influenced by what others around you think or what they say. You're not going to be influenced or convinced to steal a laser tag gun if your concern is doing what's right in the eyes of God. Now, look at this. I, I want you to know this because I'm not saying that Joseph didn't struggle. I mean, he, he, he gave the right answer. He did the right thing. How can I do such a wicked thing and sin against God? But I have to believe that there was some kind of an internal struggle with Joseph. Should I do this or shouldn't I do this? He's a bro. He's a flesh and blood bro. He's got, you know, cravings and desires just like every bro has. So when he sees this woman, he probably struggled with this decision. Now, again, he made the right decision. He came to the right decision. But I, I mean, come on, bro. I mean, really, right? You know, he struggled with this. And, and I bet, I bet Joseph was thinking something like this. Now, this isn't in the Bible, but I, I wonder if Joseph was thinking something like this. Well, in my country and with my people, I know this isn't right. But hey, I'm in Egypt. Maybe in this country it is okay. 
Or maybe he was thinking something like, well, whatever happens in Egypt stays in Egypt, right? Maybe that's what Joseph was thinking. Well, maybe they have a different moral code down here, and it's not as bad as I think it is. It's not as bad as it was with my people, with with the, the descendants of Israel. Maybe it's not such a bad—it's a big thing for us, but maybe it's not such a big deal here in Egypt. And well, you know what they say, when in Egypt do, like the Egyptians, right? Maybe Joseph had that internal struggle, but— even if that were the case, even if that's what he was saying, ultimately, what made his decision for him wasn't what was right in one culture or right in another culture. It was what was right in God's eyes. That's the whole key of why Joseph responded the way he did. How can I do such a wicked thing and sin against God? God says this is wrong. And no matter in what country I'm living, no matter, no matter what culture surrounds me, if God said it's wrong, then it's wrong. And there's, there's a danger for us as bros if we follow any moral code that's not God's moral code. If, if we follow any moral code other than God's moral code, because any other moral code besides God's, it, it's going to change, it's going to falter from one day to the next, it could change. Just think about even the moral code of our country or, or any country, any country where you live, a moral code, you know, we have laws. And in some respect, I'm not going to get too technical about it, but in some respect, you might consider that a moral code. Well, just think about how laws change all the time. Something that used to be against the law is no longer against the law. Something that was against the law or wasn't, now, now it is. And so those codes can change from one day to the next if they're based like on a human system or human reasoning. Moral codes will change. But here's the thing. God's moral code never changes. If, if you're basing a moral code on something other than God, you're, you're going to be on a very slippery slope. And, and you're going to be very disoriented because those moral codes that are other than God's, they are going to change. Just think, for example, of, of what happens in, in politicians, the lives of politicians come campaign season. So a politician comes out and he says, I am in favor of this, whatever the issue is, right? I am completely in favor of this. This is the right thing to do. This is what we must do if our country is going to, or if our city is going to, this is what has to happen. I am in favor of this and I will champion this. And it never fails, never fails that there's some reporter that starts digging a little bit, <laughs> starts researching a little bit. And then all of a sudden this story breaks or they ask the, can the candidate, hey, uh, candidate X, uh, you said that you're completely in favor of this. Yes, absolutely, I am. And I stand by what I say. Well, we, we have an interview from 10 years ago that seems to suggest that you were against this very issue. Has your position changed? Are you flip-flopping? That was a candidate some time ago that they accused him of flip-flopping all over the place. And then, he, you know, you have to start going into all these, well, what, what, what I, what, at, that, that, at that time, what I meant was this and this and that. And, and now what I'm saying is this and that. And my, if, if you look at it closely, you'll see that my position really hasn't changed. But what happens is that you start to lose trust and confidence in those people because their moral code seems to have changed. Well, look, God's moral code never changes. We don't have to guess about what God thinks is right. Whatever he said is right in the Bible, it continues to be right. Whatever he said was wrong in the Bible continues to be wrong. It doesn't matter how progressive a society might want to be. It doesn't matter how tolerant a society might want to think it is. If God has said it's wrong, then it's wrong. If God called it sin, then it's sin. And we don't have to be guessing, well, did God change his mind? No, we don't. God's moral code doesn't change. And as a Christian bro, 
we need to be firmly planted in God's moral code, which is the Bible. God has already told us what's right. God has already told us what's wrong. And it's not up for negotiation. It's, it's there. It's in the Bible. And we just don't have that authority or that right to change that or to make God's moral code be something that it never was intended to be. And here's what you're going to see happen. God will promote you when you do what's right in his eyes, when you follow his moral code. And you would think that that's what happened with Joseph, right? Well, in the long run, it did. But let's keep reading on in the story. Verse 10, she spoke to Joseph day after day. He refused to go to bed with her or even be with her. Then one day, verse 11, he went into the house to attend to his duties, and none of the household servants was inside. She caught him by his cloak and said, come to bed with me. But he left his cloak in her hand and ran out of the house. Well, then from there, she starts spreading lies and rumors about Joseph. She goes and she tells the other servants of the house, man, this guy, he tried to rape me. My master, my, my husband brought this Hebrew slave and he's just making fun of us. He's just, he's just, he's just making us look like fools and all this stuff. And then when the master gets home, when Potiphar gets home, she tells him the same thing. He gets completely angry. And, and again, here's the big idea. God promotes you when you do what's right in his eyes. But what happened with Joseph? Verse 20, Joseph's master took him and put him in prison the place where the king's prisoners were confined. Yeah, it's true. God promotes you when you do what's right in his eyes, but it's not always going to be easy. And that promotion may not always look like a promotion. Now, we know the end of the story. We know how the story plays out. And we know that, yeah, eventually things worked out for Joseph. At this particular moment, it, it didn't feel that way. It didn't look that way. But God knew what he was doing. God knew that this was actually a promotion. I'm going to tell you, when you decide to do what's right in God's eyes, it's not always going to be easy. I'm going to tell you, society, other bros who maybe aren't Christian bros, they are they're going to try to make fun of you because of what you are doing and because you decide to do what's right in God's eyes. That's, that's what Potiphar's wife was doing. She goes and she starts saying all these things about, about Joseph saying, hey, he's here to fool us. He's here to, to ridicule us. And, and he becomes the villain of the story when he did absolutely nothing wrong. I'm going to tell you, as a Christian bro, as Christian bros, when we stand up for what's right in God's eyes, there's a very real chance. I mean, I'm going to say there's like a 95% probability that society will try to villainize us, label us as intolerant, label us as backwards, label us as antiquated label us as uh, hateful because we're standing up for what's right in God's eyes. And, and the Bible, I think, shows this clearly. I think just human history show this, shows this clearly as well. The Bible offends. The Bible offends people because it attacks the sin, right? It, 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 it calls out your sin. And nobody likes to be called out on their sin. I know I don't. I, I definitely don't. When I read something in the Bible and it, it speaks to me because I know I'm doing something I shouldn't be doing, I, I want to close it and say, oh, come on, come on, nah, nah leave, leave me alone. That, 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 that was for them at that time. But here's the thing. It doesn't matter how much society wants to say that it's, the Bible is antiquated, the Bible was written in, a, in an era where things were not progressive enough, it's not relevant for today, that's just not it. God's moral code never changes and it's relevant for all eternity. 
And so God will promote you when you do what's right in his eyes. Don't be surprised by the fact that others will want to ridicule you or villainize you when you try to stand up for what's right in God's eyes. Because they are going to try to tell you that the Bible is outdated. It's not relevant. But listen, if it's wrong in God's eyes, or if it's right in God's eyes, that's never going to change. It will always be wrong, or it will always be right if it's if it's laid out that way in Scripture, if that's how God has so ordained it, if that's how God has, has presented it in Scripture, regardless of what society might want to tell you, regardless of what other bros might want to tell you. No, we, we do what's right in God's eyes. We follow God's moral code, and we know that God will promote when we do what's right in God's eyes. So what happens? Joseph gets thrown into prison. And then he starts to prosper there in the prison too. Verse 23 of of chapter 39 says, the warden paid no attention to anything under Joseph's care, just like what happened with Potiphar in Potiphar's house. It's happening in the prison now. Potiphar put Joseph in charge of everything. Now the prison warden is putting Joseph in charge of everything too. It says he didn't worry about anything under Joseph's care because the Lord was with Joseph and gave him success in whatever he did. And ultimately, you know, that this was sort of the first step or one of the steps, it was a stepping stone that ended up resulting in Joseph being number two in all of Egypt. Only the Pharaoh of Egypt had more authority in Egypt than Joseph did. Now that's pretty impressive. So even though that that looked like a momentary setback when Joseph was put in prison. Now, God was orchestrating everything. And because Joseph did what was right in God's eyes, God was promoting him. Don't worry if you're maybe going through a momentary setback. In fact, I'm going to ask you this. Where where are you right now in the Joseph story? Just consider your life right now and, and which scene, in which scene of the Joseph story right here in chapter 39, where are you? This is what I mean. Maybe you're encountering a difficult moment in your life, some kind of a tragedy or just a major trial in your life like Joseph. What was Joseph's major trial? He had been sold into slavery. And and so maybe you're thinking, well, because I'm going through this major tragedy, forget this. God doesn't deserve my devotion because he abandoned me. Joseph could have said that. Joseph could have said, seriously, God is with me, then why did I get sold into slavery? Now, while I'm in Egypt, I'm going to do like the Egyptians. What happens in Egypt stays in Egypt. I'm not going to be devoted to God because God abandoned me. Joseph could have said that. He, He was going through a difficult situation. He could have said that. And maybe that's where you are right now. You're going through a difficult situation, and your response or your reaction right now is, why should I do what's right in God's eyes. God isn't doing anything for me. What have you done for me lately, God? God has abandoned me. Look, let me tell you something. Man up. Bro up. God has not forsaken you. And no good is going to come out of your decision to give up doing what's right in, in, in God's eyes. If you, if you pursue what's right in your eyes and abandon what's right in God's eyes, no good can come of it. And let me tell you something else. You can't punish God. Come on. You're going to say, God doesn't deserve my devotion or for me to do what's right in his eyes because he abandoned me, so I'm not going to do it. Really? Who are you trying to kid, bro? You can't punish God. The only one who's going to be damaged is you. You you give up doing what's right in God's eyes. The only one who's going to be damaged is you. And so if you give up doing what's right in the eyes of God, you forfeit the right to advance to God's will for your life and what he has for you. 
So if you're in that difficult stage, bro up. God hasn't forsaken you. Maybe, maybe you're in that stage where Joseph was, where you're facing temptation on a daily basis. You're, you're, you're just being confronted on a daily basis by temptation. This one tempting situation could be sexual, could be something else, but you're facing daily temptation. Let, let, me, let me tell you this right now. Don't slip. Don't fall. I know that temptation, it's attractive. It's, it's temptation. It's supposed to be. And, and you might be thinking, well, nothing, you might be thinking nothing bad can come from this one little violation of what's right in God's eyes. Don't be fooled. Because that little temptation, in fact, any little temptation, has the potential to lead you to spiritual death. Don't give in. Don't slip. Don't fall. I know giving into that temptation, yeah, it might give you a passing satisfaction. It might, it, I mean, it will. Let's be honest. You give into temptation and it's pleasurable. It, it is. That's why it's temptation. That's why you're tempted to do it. Because there's this promise some sort of, of some sort of pleasure or satisfaction. And, and it'll give you a passing satisfaction, but then it lingers around with guilt. There is no greater satisfaction than knowing that you have done what's right in the eyes of God. Bro, don't slip. Don't fall. Don't give in. Stay strong. Or maybe, maybe you're at that point in, in the Joseph story where someone is trying to embarrass you or punish you because you're doing what's right in the eyes of God, just like Potiphar, Potiphar's wife, rather, did with Joseph. When he stood up, she started speaking badly about him to the servants and then ultimately to Potiphar. Maybe you're at a point where, where you're standing up for what's right, and someone is trying to ridicule you or make you look bad because you're standing up for what's right in God's eyes. Who does he think he is? Oh, he thinks he's all that. Look at that holy roller. Oh, que santo, santo se cree. You know, they even throw some Spanish in there. Stay strong, bro. Yeah, I know it feels bad to be embarrassed. It feels bad to have people laugh at you. I, I get it. But at the end of the day, it's going to be God who tells you that you did well. And it really won't matter at that point what others said. It's tough right now. I get it, but stay strong. At the end of everything, what matters is what God says, not what others say. Stay strong, bro. Maybe you're in a prison. Maybe you're in that, that point right now where you're in a prison. You're being punished, so to speak, or in a manner of speaking, because you stood firm and you did what was right in the eyes of God. Let me tell you something, bro. God will defend you. God defends the righteous God defends the just. And there, there isn't going to be a prison that can stop you if you're doing what's right in the eyes of God. You see, they put Joseph in a prison thinking that that was the end of the story. And when you and I get to that point in the story, if we haven't read, read it before, we think, man, what a bummer. It ends like this? That's not cool. But what we didn't know was that God Use that as a stepping stone to advance Joseph to bigger and greater things. Bro, if you feel that you're in a prison, you're being punished because you stood for what was right in God's eyes, it's all right. God will defend you. Stay strong. Trust in God. God can use that prison as a way to advance you to the plans and the purposes that he has for your life. So again, to finish out this episode, the big idea, God promotes you when you do what is right in his eyes. In fact, we're going to we're going to I'm going to share with you a Christian bro code article. This is Christian bro code article number 4. A Christian bro does what is right in God's eyes. Christian bro code article number 4. 
a Christian bro does what is right in God's eyes. All right, bro. That's it for this episode. Hope this added value to your spiritual growth. Again, I want you to join the conversation. Go to my website, look for the page that says click here to join the conversation. That'll get you started on joining the Facebook group, the Christian Bro Code Facebook group. Also, join my mailing list. You can find that on my website too, marioescobedo.com forward slash subscribe, or really on any page where you land there, there's a button for you to be able to subscribe. And all this is for, so that, so that you can be notified every time there's a new podcast. I'm not going to bug you. I'm not going to harass you. No junk mail, no spam, none of that stuff. It's just to notify you anytime there's new content uh, on the website or on the podcast. If you found this podcast on iTunes, or basically you found it from anywhere, subscribe. And definitely leave a review. When you leave a review, that gives it a better chance of other bros finding this podcast. Now, listen, I'm not asking you to leave a a good review. I'd love that, of course. But what I'm asking for is for you to leave an honest review. To me, that's a lot more valuable. Leave an honest review. And we're going to be looking at some other stuff in the upcoming episodes. So stick around, subscribe, and keep listening to the Christian Bro Code podcast because this is dedicated This is a men's podcast, a men's discipleship podcast dedicated to adding value to your spiritual growth. All right, bro. I'll catch you later.